Um, I feel like I've, I've kind of been set up, and that's great. Um, it, we, we're, we're in changing times and seasons. Um, if you look on my Facebook page, you'll, you'll, you'll notice that uh, next year I'm probably going to be working half-time. Was it a choice? Not really. Um, the, the economy has something to do with it, yet at the same time God is in so many different things. Um, <clears throat> I woke this morning and I, I was troubled, I'll be honest with you. I woke and I was disturbed about the message. I was disturbed about a few things. As I, my, my first thoughts were to do with the Philippines and then it went on from there about ladies in London who'd been held prisoner. Yeah, kind of thoughts I was having. Uh, my, my thoughts then went a little further. I, I empathise with, 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 with some of the folks here this morning. It, it went back to my early youth when I lived rough for a time and I slept on the streets. And uh, I, I was somewhat disturbed. And I thought, well, it's Sunday, and uh, am, am I ready for, for what's in front of me? If we're ever ready, are we, Brian? But, but I wondered. And so I, I then listened. I heard, I heard this voice from heaven. And do you know what God said to me? He said, I have never been an absent father. I thought, oh, my goodness. What a thing to say. You know, I... I've done a journey, I've done some stuff, I've been some places, and God spoke and he said, I've never been an absent father. And we live in a world of absent fathers. We live in a world where, where fatherhood is, is not precious as it was. Where fathers are not respected as they were. And God said, I, I've never been absent from you. Not one, one moment of your journey, not one moment of your life. And I, I stand here with, with a title to my message called Our Faithful God. And I... I struggle with that, you see, in my humanity. I, I look at all of this. Yeah? I read your Facebook page as well. And your, your struggles and your trials and your difficulties. And I, and I, 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 I'm here, I suppose I feel that the faithfulness of God is called into question. And I, I saw God stand in the dock and people say, Are you faithful? Are you faithful? Look at all of this, are you faithful? But actually I want to tell you that I'm here to defend his faithfulness. He was never absent. He was never away from me. He was never distant in some foreign country or foreign land. He was always close to me, always near to me, always dear to me. Always had my best intentions at heart. Actually, you see, the, the quality of the message is not what's important so much as the, the message being the right message. That's the issue. If the message is right, then you'll receive it, whoever brings it. The quality of the preacher doesn't matter. But if the message is the right message, then it will reach the heart and touch the heart. And so I, I'm not after your intellect. Yeah? I, I can preach the, theologically. That's a good word, isn't it? I can't, but I'm not going to. Yeah? Because I'm here to defend that God is faithful, to make a reason for that. I'm going to start with a story. I'm going to finish with a story. Jesus told them loads of stories. I'm going to do that. We're going to sing a hymn. And then I'm going to offer free hugs and kisses. I am, honestly. I promise you. For anyone that wants a hug, wants a kiss, they're free today. Free. So I stand here this morning aware of the troubles of this world. And I, and I went in my thought process to, a, to, the, to the verse of a hymn. It shows you I'm old, you see. 
if I'd have been one of you youngsters, I'd have been thinking of choruses and, uh, I don't know, like songs. But I thought of a hymn. And so I went to this. It took me a while to work out. This is falling off all the while. Yeah, get back on. Either my head is too small, I think. So I, I went to a verse of a hymn, and I couldn't work out where it came from. Little by little, it, it dawned on me, and I just like waking up, and it was this. Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's glories grow dim. Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away. Change and decay in all around I see. O thou who changest not, abide with me. Hmm. Now where it is, do you? Man who lay dying with less than how many months to live? Three? Three weeks. Yeah? Wrote the hymn. Abide with me, fast falls the even tide. Help of the helpless. Any helpless souls here today? I'll put my hand up if you won't. I will. I'll stick my hand up. Yeah. Many of us today can testify to the faithfulness of God. I can. I can. There's a journey between, you know, faithfulness and a journey, and faithfulness and a journey, and faithfulness and a journey. That's how it's been for me. But he's never been unfaithful. I've been married for 40 years. Proud of it. Faithful to one woman. I I promised her I would be. I have been. Faithful to one. But he has been faithful from the beginning of time until now and will be for all eternity. There is no shadow of changing in him. Not one bit. Not one jot. You're going to change, guys and girls. Going to get older, more wrinkly. You're going to change. But in him there is no shadow of change. I like that. I, I found myself saying these words again this morning. What good would a God who is not faithful be? I mean, like having a chocolate teapot in there. <laughs> Absolutely useless. What good would it be if God was not faithful? If you could trust him today, but tomorrow he'd let you down. What good would a God like that be? I thank God he's always faithful. From here, from the beginning of time, because he was before that, but from the beginning of time, from the the, the time as I know it, he has been faithful. I've got a text for you because some of you want a scripture, so I'll give you one. I've not heard people speak on this. There's a lot of good stuff in this, in, in this, uh, in this book. Lamentations 3, 22 and 25 says this, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. New every morning, every day. Yeah, when you wake up, they're new. So here's the first story. In Armenia... You'll find these on the internet, you see, it's where I got them from. I've spent a few weeks looking at faithful things. So you can find it. In Armenia, 1998, Samuel and Danielle sent their young son off to school. It was his first day. Samuel squatted, looked in the eyes of the boy and said, I want you to have the, the best of days today at school. Back a bit. He said, so off you go. 
And I want to tell you this thing. I want you to know this, that whatever happens, I'll always be there for you. And so Samuel went off to school. Daniel, sorry, Amen. The, the young lad went off to school. Samuel got on with his work. And a few hours later, an earthquake hit the country. And they despaired for a while and wondered what happened to the school. Eventually, Samuel went... This is getting in the way, isn't it? Eventually, Samuel went across to the school. When he got there, he discovered that the whole school was flattened and the buildings were, were, were devastated. He waited for a while and wept with the other parents as they wept. Then he began to lift a beam and a rock and a column off of the place where his boy's schoolroom was. Other parents ran towards him, don't do that, it's disturbed enough as it is, you'll bring the, the rest of the building down. He said, but I'm looking for my son. He worked all day. Other parents came back the next day with flowers and they put flowers at the place of the school and pictures of their children. And our man kept working. Fireman came to him and said, don't you realize that it's useless and hopeless because the, what was is many stories below now. But he kept working. Eventually, he heard a, a voice or a sound. He thought it was Papa. And he stopped and he listened and he heard nothing, so he carried on working. For three days, he worked without a break. And he eventually heard another sound. As he moved a boulder, he saw a face peering up from a hole. It was his son. He cleared a little more. And he called his son. He said, come out, come out. And his son said, no, the others first. Fourteen children came out of the hole. One by one by one, they came out of the hole. I wonder how they felt when they looked and they saw their faces on the pictures that the parents had placed. I wonder how they felt. Fourteen children came out, and last of all came out Armand. And Samuel said, why didn't you come first? He said, because I knew you'd get me. I knew you'd come. Good stories, aren't they? True. True stories. I want to tell you that there's one who is more faithful than that. That if the faithfulness of one father can produce a saving of 14 lives, how much more our Heavenly Father? How much better is His love? How much more gracious is He? How much more compassionate is He that if one man can save 14, the lives of 14 children because He cared, because He was faithful to a promise, because He told His Son He would be there, how much more will our Father do that for us? Hmm. I'm just amazed. I wonder what the, uh, the children might have thought when they saw pictures of themselves. I can't get over that. Imagine coming out of a hole and looking and seeing your face looking back at you. Such is the faithfulness of God. Hmm. I want to say to you this, that uh, when life is hard and when it's tough and when the struggles of life ensnare us and capture us, there is one who always wants to lift us up, who is completely faithful and loyal and true. I want to say that God is true to his character. <laughs> I want to give you a simple definition of, of, of what it is when we say that God is faithful. It means that everything he says and everything he, he, he does is certain. I'm going to say it again. Everything he says and everything he does is certain. He is 100% reliable, 
100% of the time. Nothing less than that. He doesn't fail. He doesn't forget. He doesn't falter. He doesn't change. He doesn't disappoint. He's a little like me. He says what he means. And means what he says. <clears throat> and he does everything that he says he will do. Everything. Everything. I've got a few scriptures for you because I, I, I know some... You see, you wouldn't let me off if I didn't give you some. So, I've got a few. Exodus 34, verse 6. The Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Deuteronomy 7, verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord, your God, is God. He is faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations. I've only been faithful for 40 years. (laughs) He's been faithful for... To a thousand generations. How long is that? I reckon a generation is 40 years. 40,000 years of faithfulness. I didn't get that. He's been faithful for more than 40,000 years. But most of all, he's been faithful to you. Faithful to me. Faithful to my family. Faithful to my church. Faithful to my friends. I've never known him unfaithful, never known him in in a place where he's not been faithful. I used to sing this, Deuteronomy 3, 32, verse 4. Here's the rock. Remember it? Used to be top of the hit parade at one point. Here's the rock. His works are perfect. All his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong. Upright and just is he. Joshua 21, verse 45. Not one of the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. In Psalms, the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful. Come on. All of those verses prove that that when we take them together, that God's character and his faithfulness is hugely important to him. It's not secondary to his character. It's a major part of who he is and all that he is. To state that that God is faithful goes to the very core of his nature. He cannot be unfaithful. He never will be unfaithful. If he didn't keep his word, he wouldn't be God. If we can't trust his word, he wouldn't be God. If I can't rely on on what this book says, if I can't live by this, if I can't believe this, if if it's not true, then let's forget it and go home. Let's join the golf club. Yeah, let's go and join the golf club. Let's, Let's all go out for Sunday lunch. Yeah, let's go and do something else other than this. God is faithful to his word and he's true. You know, I, I'm an engineer. I, I think like an engineer. I, I think that, that, that the attributes of God are a little like a car engine. Do. Hundreds and hundreds of moving parts that go round and round, timed absolutely perfectly where they're supposed to. Unless you've got an old jalopy. Yeah. They whiz round. They're, they're, they're all, I've got that. I like this word. They're all synchronized. They move in synchronization. Yeah. Yeah? Perfect timing. Producing power to create momentum. The parts work together in harmony. It's the way that God's attributes work together as well. God's love works with all the other attributes. His work, 
His love works with his justice to produce the right results. I want to say that his faithfulness is the oil that lubricates the engine. His faithfulness works with every other part. When does God's love fail? Never. When is God less than holy? Never. Because his character is pure and he is always faithful to what he says. There is no unfaithfulness in God. There is no shadow of turning thee. Come on, we know it. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is never unfaithful. He is always true to... Oh, I hate the advert, but I'm going to say it. It does what it says on the tin. (laughs) I hate it. It comes on telly, I cringe. I really hate the advert. Does what it says on the tin. And I'll probably read this twice because it'll take you a while to get it in. All of God's acts are consistent with his attributes. Okay. No attribute contradicts any other. But all harmonize and blend into each other. In the infinite abyss of the Godhead, God's faithfulness is at the very core of his nature. He is knowable and holy. Oh, do it again. All of God's acts are consistent with his attributes. No attribute of God contradicts any other, but all harmonize and blend into each other. In the infinite abyss of the Godhead, God's faithfulness is at the core of his nature. He is very knowable and holy. He is the creator omnipotent, omniscient. You can look it up in a dictionary after as to what they are. He is the holy creator, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, just sovereign, unchanging, and loving. That's my God, that's my God. That's who he is. Because he is faithful to his own character. He never changes any of his attributes. Find me on a bad day. I resemble something a little different. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Being called at times, bear with a sore head. But God never changes any of his attributes. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says this, The one who calls you is faithful. He will do it. He will do it. I've got, oh, ten minutes. The Hebrew word for love is this. It's called hesed. It's a rich word, full of meaning. It means, and it talks about loyal love. God's love for us is loyal, faithful. A love that's been faithful for all of time. Oh, love that will not let me go. I rest my weary soul in thee. I give you back the love I owe. That's where I am. That's where I am. Have I always been faithful to God? Mostly. 
mostly. Days when I want to give up? Yeah. Days when I'm weary? Yeah. Days when it's hard? Yeah. Days when I'm sick? Love that will not let me go. I, I, I sort of take one step in this direction and it just, come on, come on. Yeah. I want to tell you that the love that God has for us doesn't depend upon emotion. It's an act of the will. It's an act of the will. God isn't, isn't moved by emotion. It's an act of the will. He determined that he'd love me. Promised that he'd love me. Sent his son to the cross for me because he loved me. Made a way for me because he loved me. God's love never fails. Never changes. I need it. His love is the same through the ages. His love is the same through the ages. He's chosen me for all time and for eternity. He's going to stick with me forever. Just like his own people that he chose the Jews. His love never changes. Nothing can cause him to break his promise. He's faithful. I want to say this, as bad as things are for some of us, it would be worse without him. Yeah. As bad as, as it is at times in this world which is fallen and dis, it, it, full of sickness and despair, it would be worse without him. I can't imagine it without him. Couldn't do it without him. Scripture tells us that his compassions, they never fail. The word for compassion is, that's used in, in Hebrew, is plural. He isn't compassionate just once. You get it? It's not, oh, I'm going to be compassionate on you, here's a fiver. It's not that. It's compassionate, compassionate, it goes on and on and on. God is compassionate forever. Like I said, from then till then, he's compassionate, and then some more. God's compassion is the most amazing thing, that he should love me. You know, the most amazed person, the person I'm most amazed to see in heaven is when I look in the mirror and see myself. Oh, God, I'm going to be there. How about you? I'm going to be there. I want to say that, that God's compassion is never ending. It's forever, forever. He is compassion personified. Yeah. Not once, not twice. But he originated it. He's the meaning of it. He's the author of it. He's the one that compassion was born in first. We know love by this. But he laid down his life for us. His mercy is intense. It's limitless. It comes rolling in, in waves from the very presence of God. Rivers of mercy run fully and constantly. They never run dry. A river here today, it never runs dry. I have to share this with you. The word compassion comes from the Hebrew word womb. Ah, that's where it comes from. Its root meaning is protection from harm, to have compassion. It shows us the gentle feeling and concern that God has for his children. If, 
if God, if God had a car, it would have Father on one side and Martin on the other, on the front windscreen. So I hear, so I, I hear it would have Father on the windscreen, this side, Martin on side. The only debate would be who was driving. But such is God's gentle compassion and care for his children. The word literally means this, means this, to be moved in heart for another. Come on, come on. I, I, I wondered, I found myself asking the question, you see, it's not, theologically you can't do this, but I found myself asking this question, the question was, I wonder if God's got a womb. I don't know. I wondered. But I want to say to you that I envisaged this, that, that, that I was there, held firmly in that place. I found myself saying, my father, God, it doesn't work, but my father has never miscarried. He's never lost one. All that were meant to be born by him have been born through him. Some of you are waiting to die of your birth, that you're held safe. In the womb of God, he covers you with his love. With great compassion and tenderness, he's waiting the day for your birth, waiting for the day for you to be, be born again and to, to come alive. God's compassion emanates from deep within him. I don't know where he keeps it. In all that he is and all that, that he does, I don't know where, which part of him he keeps the compassion in, but it comes from the heart of God and flows out in rolling waves. He's never the absent father. I reckon his heart must break when he looks at the world. It was so beautiful, but what have you done with it? So glorious, but what have you done with it? Then he turns his attention and he looks at me and he says, Son, I love you. I'm always undone. He's moved in his heart when he pictures you. When he looks at Francis, he says, Oh my goodness. Yeah. She, she's a wonderful she's a wonderful thing to behold. your picture in his wallet. He's got you on a fridge magnet. <laughs> You're getting the drift here. This is, I mean, this is my, my, my earthly uh, trying to uh, explain some stuff to you. Yeah, it's, it's in my, the way that I understand. got a picture of you on his fridge. Okay. You'll see when you go. <laughs> so let me, uh, I, I, I'm getting close. Let me just say this. With that in mind, with our understanding of all of this, will God meet my need? Yeah. Will he? Mercies of God and the compassions of God, they're new every morning. You can never use it up like manna in the wilderness. New every morning, fresh every day. 
Please don't be greedy. Don't collect more than you need. Don't be concerned about tomorrow because there's enough for today. Collect what you need. Share it with those that need it. Don't live on yesterday's blessing. Please don't do that. I can't live on the the conference in Poland because I've got things to do. They're new every day. New every morning. My, my, My hope for living is simple. My reason for living is simple. Great is this faithfulness. That's why I'm living. Because he's faithful. How amazing is the limitless supply of God's grace offered to us at the start of each new day. How amazing is it? Don't walk past it. Pause a moment. Stop a while. Pick it up. I want to say we need to celebrate his faithfulness. His faithfulness is a shield of protection to us. He'll pick us up from underneath the rubble of life. He'll lift every obstacle off of us to find us and to reach us and to bless us. He is eternally committed to us. He's steadfastly devoted to us. And he's looking to pull us out from underneath the rubble. From the pitfalls, from the circumstances, from the situations, from the issues of life. He's a shield to me. And now I have the story to finish. Then we're going to sing a hymn. And then it's time for three kisses and hugs. Hey, don't do this in church. I do. I hope I'll get asked to speak again. So here's the story. Very well-known person. man in America is at college. He wants to be an Olympic diver. And his friend had been witnessing to him about the, 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 the need to be born again. And each time he turned his friend away and said, I don't need this, I don't need this. He was convicted, but not convicted enough to give his life to Christ. So one night he decided he'd go and do some diving practice. Went to the college pool. The lights were off. Moonlit night, and it was bright. Bright enough for him to dive, so he climbed to the top board. Stood on the top board, like this, with his back to the pool and his arms outstretched, ready to dive. In the moonlight, he caught a shape of the reflection on the wall. It looked like someone on the cross. Immediately he was convicted, fell to his knees, repented of his sin and asked Christ to come into his life. He then stood up again in this position, ready to dive. The janitor walked in and turned all the lights on. He turned and looked down and the pool was empty. True story, true story, I'm not lying to you. The pool was empty. Faithfulness of God, faithfulness of God. So we find ourselves standing in the place where we need to know that God is for us, that God is faithful to us, that he changes lives and situations and circumstances because he's faithful. I I, I won't let the devil lie to you and tell you that he's not faithful. I won't let this world and its situations and its circumstances declare that God is not faithful. Because when we look at all of that, we could say, How can God be faithful? How can God be faithful? He was faithful in that he sent his son to die on a cross to deliver us and set us free.
He's been faithful to me on my journey many times. I could tell you story after story of his faithfulness. I can tell you of a walk and some faithfulness. And a walk and a fall over and some faithfulness. I remember the first time I went to Poland. We were taking paracetamol tablets because they told me they needed some. I remember when we went to Boots and the man behind the counter said, I want you to buy 5,000. And the man said, you really don't need that many to commit suicide. I said, I I promise you I'm not. He said, you'll need a doctor's note. But God is faithful. And time after time, we, we, we went to Poland, and little by little, something was born, and something grew. It's not finished yet, you know. It's going to be twice what it is. It'll be twice as big, twice as glorious, twice as good. And God's going to do something very special because of his faithfulness across that land. You watch, you see. Times they are changing. Oh, it's a song, isn't it? I won't sing it. I'll leave the singing for Brian. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the times are changing. So I, I, I want to pray. We're going to sing the hymn. Yeah. Do a bit of hugging. If you don't come to me, I might come to some of you. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness, for your grace, for your goodness, for all that you are. Father, thank you for the compassion that you have, that you change and you move situations and circumstances for good. Father, thank you that you're loyal and faithful and true. Uh, We won't hear anybody say another word about it. Father, thank you that our hope is fixed on you because you are the one for whom love is, is set at the heart of who you are. Father, thank you that you're loyal, just, and true. And Father, we ask that you just bless us as we sing the truth of this word. In Jesus' name, amen.